0: Welcome to this week's podcast from the Ecclubian Church. We hope you enjoy this message.
1: It's great to be back. Hallelujah. It's great to be in the house of the Lord. David said, I'm glad. I'm thrilled. I'm overjoyed, elated, excited. Yay! Yippee! We're in the house of the Lord. Amen. And for people to be here on a Friday night, you're hungry. Come on, there's a lot of Christmas parties going on this time of year, a lot happening. Traffic was crazy just getting here on a Friday. In fact, we had forgotten finally, Randy, he said, oh, well, no wonder it's Friday night. (laughs) Amen. So for some of you new faces, hello, I'm Joanna Coe Herndon, and this is my husband, Randy Herndon, and we have some invitation materials over here on the table, and, um. We are 100% full-time evangelists, so this helps keep us on the road as well as going to Colombia and Africa, looking to go to Belize. So um, anyway, we're just trying to see what all the Lord wants to do and where he wants us to go, but we also travel the United States to see people saved, healed, and delivered. And so whenever you sow in, you sow into what we're doing as well as when you get some of the product, you become a part of our ministry. So if you've always been wanting to go on the mission field but you hadn't been able to, because maybe work or spouse says no or all kind or you have children, well you can tell people now you go on the mission field. They say, how is that? Well, I sew so into it, and the, where do you go? Well, I don't know. Let me call Sister uh, Randy and Joanna Herndon and see. Amen. Your own pastor goes sometimes too. It's been a while, but it's been a while for all of us since COVID. But God, Amen. I always tell people, they're always, oh, that virus, that, this 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 little virus. Da, 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 da. I said, I'll take my mustard seed of faith, this little tiny mustard seed of faith, and put it up against that virus and see what moves mountains. Amen. We have a mustard seed. And he said, just that little bitty tiny mustard seed, you can move a mountain. So I'll put that up against it any day. Amen. But anyway, for some of the product and information, my father was Jack Coe, for some of you, again, new to us. He had the largest tent in the world back in the 40s and 50s, held 22,000 people with another 10 to 20,000 people standing outside, blind eyes open, the lame walk, the deaf hear. They said that when he was in Long Island, New York, the crowds were estimated at 60 to 70,000 people. So... Needless to say, it wasn't Jack Ho, it was what Holy Spirit was doing that drew the crowds. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Amen. So if you want to know how this man who was an alcoholic, you'll hear me say it sometimes. Some of them said it to me tonight. Hot dog, I got it. And you think, why do you say that? And why do these other people around the church sometimes say, hot dog, I got it. Well, my dad, when he got saved, that's all he could say was, hot dog, I got it. And some of us need the hot dog get it again. Amen. So if you want to know how he went from being an alcoholic to hot dog got it, locked up in nine different nut wards in the army because they thought he was crazy for serving God, but he got out each time. They just told him the only problem with him was he just had too much Jesus in him. Amen. And then from that into the the ministry of preaching in the largest tent in the world with all the miracles. So he wrote his own life story book while he was alive. He also wrote the book called Curing the Incurable. There are diseases that doctors say are incurable, but Dr. Jesus says they're curable. Amen, they're awesome. So if you want to read about that, read about some stories of people who had incurable diseases that were healed in his meeting, and he talks about healing in that. So it's a real good good book to get, great information, Curing the Incurable. And then there's the A.A. A. Allen book, The Price of God's Miracle Power. Back then they called it the ABCs of Revival, A.A. A. Allen, William Branham, Jack Coe. And A.A. Uh, a. Allen wrote this book because a lot of people, he probably didn't even realize that there would be preachers preaching today. Get that mantle, stake that claim, go get what they had, go grab Catherine Kuhlman's, go grab Jack Coe's, A.A. A. Allen. Go get it. Go put that stake in the ground. You can have it. Those things don't go to heaven, and that's true. But are you willing to pay the price? There is a cost, and there is a price. So it isn't just one of those, yippee, okay, I got Jack Cohen. I'm going to run out tomorrow and have 22,000 people in a tent. There was a price. There was a cost. I can tell you one of them, the big ones, he wasn't home a lot. So we didn't get to see him a lot. Well, I mean, he brought us a lot of times to the meetings. We were there, but there was times as we some got older with school that wasn't available to always be there. So it was such a treat when Daddy got home and and we got to be with him. And it was a treat when we got to go during holidays and whatever. Of course, I was one of the littler ones, so I got to be there even when it wasn't. Well, the others went to school. It's like, yeah, I'm going to the tent with Dad. Amen. And then we have CDs and DVDs. One of my favorite DVDs of my dad's is Divine Healing on Trial. My dad was arrested in Florida for practicing medicine without a license, but he won the case. By the way, you don't have to have a license to pray for people, but the devil wanted to try to take healing away from the church, amen, and of course, he won the case, so we can still pray for people. There's also two prayers to pray. If you've gotten this last time I was here and you said, I've already got divine healing. Well, there's two prayers to pray or be a good cheer DVD. You can see the old tent, the old hairdos, the old cars, and you can watch how the old time Pentecostal meetings happened back then. Amen. And then of course, God will set your fields on fire. My very favorite sermon of my dad's, not just because he talks about me in it, which he does, (laughs) but it's a very powerful sermon. In fact, it'll get you on your face before God if you listen to this. Also, there's a brand new name that he tells his testimony, and... uh, Oh, now my mind went blank, but there's different CDs of his and mine over there of preaching you can get. I, I went blank. It's a senior moment. Then we have CDs with music, good old time songs, through it all, woke up this morning feeling fine. And those are, that's some old ones, right? For those of you who don't know, you say, what's an old one? Well, some of you haven't quite been in that Old-time Pentecost when we used to sing, I woke up this morning feeling fine. I woke up with heaven on my mind. I woke up with joy in my soul. See, when you got Jesus, you waking up. You wake up with joy unspeakable, full of glory. You know who you are in Christ Jesus. You even say, come here, devil. Good morning, Lord. Hallelujah. And then, of course, another CD there, which is, Sweet by and by, oh, rugged cross, Beulah land, amazing grace, my tribute, uh, precious memories. It is no secret in the garden. So that's a great also. We have bandanas that we pray over for healing, miracles, signs, and wonders. And we've heard lots of testimonies that have come back. And so a lot of people, they say, well, don't you have prayer cloths? Yes, my husband has prayer cloths and those you don't have to purchase. We'll pray over them. You can take them. These are for you to be an undercover agent. That way they don't know that they've been prayed for and you give it to them as a gift. You say, I bought you something. And they don't know it and they think, oh, thank you. That's nice. And they wear it sometimes. They take it with them sometimes. And God starts working on them. Amen. And so we also have... um, cards and other things and we have disciple crosses you can get them cards with DVDs baby wedding birthday God's love God's forgiveness and we had the disciple crosses at one time we've been out for quite some time they're back say they're back and for those of you who don't know they're all sizes men women boys and girls And so they're awesome. But what's awesome about these disciple crosses is you have one on and somebody stops you and says, oh, I like your necklace. And you can say, oh, thank you. Let me tell you the story behind it. You can take it off and say this right here represents the whip they beat Jesus with. Then this right here represents the nails that went into his hand and feet. And this wrapped around represents the crown of thorns that went around his head. So when you he was on the cross, you were on his mind. And you can just begin to take it from there, whatever the Lord's showing you and telling you. One lady said, I'm going to get some for my neighbors because they don't like me and they're mean to me. And I'm going to buy them some disciple crosses. And she went around knocking on doors to tell them she bought them a present. But she said, I got to tell you the story first. Three people got saved in her neighborhood. There's nothing better than talking about the cross. There's nothing better than what Jesus has already done and paid for. Now he's not there. He rose, he ascends at the right hand of the Father so that he can be with us at all times. He can be here and in New York City, which really needs help. At the same time, he's right here. And he can be over in China. Need some more help. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So that's the awesome thing is why Jesus told his disciples, I can't stay here. I must go on home. But I'm going to send you the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. That way he could be everywhere. Because if somebody called him right now and said, Oh, we need you right now really bad in Illinois, he'd say, Oh, it'll take me a plane flight and this and that because he was in the flesh. Now he can be in Illinois and here at the same time. Isn't that awesome? And he can even keep up with you when you leave here and when you come here. Amen. So I'm so glad my husband Randy, yes, this is a miracle. It's a miracle. Amen. I thank you all for praying for him. I kept telling him, I said, honey, people everywhere are praying for you, hundreds of people. I don't think he could ever grasp it. All he could think of is he's confined to four walls and having to sleep on his stomach all the time. Turn over, they would tell him. He said, I can't turn over. Do you see this? <laughs> and of course, stints and all kinds of it. But that's all they wanted. Keep him on his stomach. And I don't know. It was just like a prison there. And it was very hard. And it was hard on both of us because we do everything together. And for 20 days, we weren't together at all. I could only way I could see him was through FaceTime. So it's pretty evil what... COVID is doing to keeping people away from each other and family. I'm like, I have it too. I've had it with him. And I mean, why can't I just be there with him? Oh, you'll expose others. How am I going to expose others if you're sticking us in a room, won't let us out? It just, let me tell you real quick. I know we don't want to be on this, but there's just a lot of things that people would think don't make sense. Like, if, just think about, if six feet apart and the mask and you have the vaccine, why is people getting COVID? And why does it not go to Walmart or the grocery store? Amen. And by the way, six Peter fart and a mass came from Satan worship. They've been doing it for years. So, anyway, I'll get off that subject, stay in my lane. <laughs> I just sometimes, yeah, crickets. Cri- I hear crickets, crickets. <laughs> But I'm just saying, sometimes we don't thank people, and they know that. That's why TV is called programs. There's been a lot of programming going on. You need to get your program fixed and get back to listening to Holy Spirit. Woo, you talk about having some fun when you listen to Holy Spirit. Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party, because a Holy Ghost party don't stop. Say it again. Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because a Holy Ghost party don't stop. Uh. Come on, honey. This is Randy Herndon and whatever the Lord has him to share with you and then we'll get to the word. But sometimes he just shares good testimonies or sometimes some little goodies. I
0: don't know what he's going to do. All right. I'm allergic to two things. Cats and stairs. And after this stupid COVID mess, uh, I'm getting. where I hate. I even hate to hear that word, or or uh, the vaccine, or or all that all that stuff. You know, we just hear it and see it. If you turn a TV on, and in the corner, no matter what's on, it says COVID or pandemic. Ugh! I just I, you know just makes me cringe when I think about that. Listen, 20 days in the hospital with anything bad. Though this stuff, is worse because I couldn't, I didn't have her. But I have a, a little story, and I, I don't want to, really don't want to dwell on this a lot, but I want to tell you a, a, a testimony that happened. Uh, they, uh, the later on that I was staying in there, uh, <clears throat> they were starting to tell me I was going to be able to go home. Okay, so the, uh, I get we're getting excited. and The next day they come in. Nope, can't go home. Uh, The next day, they'd come, well, you're going to be able to go home. Then they'd come in, nope, you're you're not going to go home. They did this two or three times, up and down, up and down, up and down. Finally, one afternoon, a doctor came in that had never been in there, walked over, and this was his exact words, guys, I'm telling you, and girls. He says, I hear that you think you're going to go home. I'm here to tell you that if you don't pass this nest walking test, you ain't going nowhere, quote, unquote. Nice bedside manner, wasn't it? So, and he leaves the room. And and I'm sitting there thinking, all right, I've already passed two of these stupid tests. How many does it take? You know, they never, they don't tell you anything. Uh, I even had a nurse come in and say, honey, I'm going to tell you something. They told us not to spend very long in here, just long enough to do what we need to do and out. And that's exactly what they did. So, anyway, uh, after this doctor leaves, uh, a, a male nurse came in that I got to know. Good, uh, good guy. I, I really liked him a lot. And he goes, "Okay, Mister." They called me Mister Philip. I think it's because they couldn't they couldn't pronounce Herndon. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, uh, he said, "Are you ready for your test?" And uh, uh, what had happened uh, b- between the time that doctor left. And the time he came in was, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I started worrying a little bit. All right, I need, Lord, I need help. I got to pass this test. I want to go home. And, I, and I'm telling you, I, I'm telling you, listen to what he said. I heard his voice clear as I could hear it. He said, come on, we'll do this together and we'll pass this test together. Wow. Well, wow. and immediately that that piece that passed us all understanding just went all over me. Well, this guy comes in and says, You ready to take the test, Mr. Phillip? I said, You bet I am. Because now I'm feeling like I'm Superman. Well, we got up and, and what you do is they march you around the room and uh see if you if your oxygen level goes down below whatever. They're all about numbers. And uh uh, so before I'd already, like I said, I'd already passed two of these things. So we marched around the room, marched around the room. He said, okay, you've done it. And I go, nope. I he said, what? I said, I'm going to do a few more. I just wanted to, <laughs> come on. Probably wasn't a Christian thing to do, but I did it anyway. <laughs> we run around the room a few more times. He said, are you okay? I said, sure. I can go a few more. He said, no, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. So, so he said, he was ha- he was real happy for me. And uh uh needless to say, the next afternoon, she's up at the hospital and we went home the next afternoon. <laughs> Amen. Wasn't that cool? So, anyway, I I want to tell you about that, and then that's gonna that's gonna be it. No more COVID junk. <laughs> Except for, for we, if we need to pray for somebody, Amen. Because I'm going to tell y'all, I am so humbled to find out how many people were praying for me. That I just can't, I, I can't, I can't envision this. It, it 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 blows me away. Not because I don't think people pray for you. That's not what I'm saying. It just uh, we've been in church after church after church since I've been out of the hospital, and every time somebody come up, we've been praying for you. And it just, it just blows me away. And I, I thank the people that prayed so much, because I don't think I'd have been able to get out of that hospital had it not been for prayer. There's just no way. Amen. Oh yeah, we, <laughs> we were, we were at one of the churches. The first or second it since. Yeah, yeah, well, it's been, you know, it was months later. Anyway, is is a man and a woman, and I was praying for her. And I, and, and I was, it was, I don't know what she was, I don't remember the details. And she'd been sick, and I, and I said, well, I know what it's like to be in the hospital. da, 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 da. And she said, well, how long were you? I said, 20 days. What with? I said, COVID. She goes, oh, oh, and backed <laughs> off. And I thought, she's kidding for a minute. And she wasn't. She was serious. And, and, and then she backed off way over here, <laughs> arms up here like this. <laughs> and I uh, wanted to say a few things. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I let it go, kept praying for her, you know, uh, from a distance, that is. That six foot that doesn't, well, anyway, we'll, we'll let that slide. Uh, uh, I've got no problem. With people wearing masks, I do not. I, that's that's a whole thing. That, that's their choice. That's your choice. That's my choice, and I ain't gonna make fun of it. It's that. That's great, but there's one that I have to make fun of. <laughs> when you see a person in a car by themselves with a mask on, that gets me. Okay. Does the car have COVID? Can a car get COVID? No, oh, we got to laugh. We got to laugh. We really do. Amen. All right, let's get this woman over here. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I went in and, and, uh, 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 July the 27th. Yeah. So uh, needless to say, though, don't want to go back. Amen. But i tell you, Joanna left. She had to leave. I was still, see, when they sent me home, they sent me home with, with oxygen. So I had to go all over the house all the time with this trail of tubing oxygen all the time. And uh, she had to leave and go on to Pennsylvania. Hardest thing we've ever done because we like to be with each other. And so I finally got off that oxygen and uh, uh, came home and called her. And I said, well, they, they let me get off oxygen. And she said, well, what are you doing? I said, I'm packing the truck. I'm fixing to head your way as soon as I can. Come on. Now, it took me two days to load the truck because I had to go sit down. <laughs> load the truck, go sit down. Load the truck, go sit down. And that's the only problem I'm still having is I feel great, uh, but I get tired real quick. And that's lingering and lingering, and I'm I'm praying that that'll stop soon, Amen. So, yeah, I, I if you if you if we're praying for you, no, when we're praying for you, and you see me sit down, I just get a little tired. Uh, if you do, please come by the chair where I'm sitting. I'll be sitting like somewhere over here. That ain't gonna stop me. Amen. We, we listen. Children, I'm going to tell you right now, God is up to something. From the, for Yes, he is. Because the last few uh, meetings that we've been in, uh, I'd say the last five or six, have been over the top, the best I've ever been in. We've been doing this lots of years, kids, and I'm telling you, the best I've ever been in. The, 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 the glory is just incredible. Healings are incredible. Uh, we'll get into telling you some more about the people, that, the, the three people the other night that that got their hearing back. Yeah, I mean, one of them born—I uh, don't know how old she was. She was born deaf. She started hearing right there in the chair, right in front of all of us. Amen. So, listen, he's up to something, and and if you and if y'all are like me and Joanna, you want to be there when it happens. Amen. Oh, we're, going to, we're right here. We're right in the spot where it's going to happen. All right. Can I get amen from somebody? That's a good amen. Come on, Joanna. I'm getting tired. <laughs> Hallelujah. Holy
1: Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. Holy Spirit. Thou art welcome in this place O Naples and Father Of mercy and grace Thou art welcome in this place O Naples and Father mercy and grace thou art welcome in this place so tell him let's sing it Holy Spirit Thou art well come in this place, yes, you are. Holy Spirit, thou art well come in my place, O oh, Nipple and Father. Of mercy and grace, thou art well come in this place. Raise your hands and tell him if you mean it. Let's sing it again. Holy Spirit, thou art well come in this place. Holy Spirit, thou art well come in this place, O oh, Nippleton Father of Mercy and Grace, thou art well come in. thou art welcome in my place tell him again thou art welcome thou art welcome in my place hallelujah hallelujah you are welcome hallelujah thank you jesus in this place. I love this place. The glory's been here many times in this place. I'll never forget the first time I come here. The glory was so intense and and stones and gold dust. And some of you may not. What are you talking about? We won't even get into all of that right now. But that's just part of his evidence. He's there. We don't worship that. We don't look for that. Because then you start talking about that. Everybody starts looking for that instead of to him. You start talking about all the miracles. People start looking to the person for their miracle instead of to him. You start thanking God moves in certain songs, and we start worshiping worship instead of worshiping him. We're here to worship him. I don't know who you came to see, but I came to see Jesus. I don't know what you came for tonight, but I know that I came to see Jesus, and everything I have need of is in him because healing is the children's bread. And he said, If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. Woo! Hallelujah. So, everything you need tonight's in him. It's not going to be in the Herndons. We're just the mailman delivering the mail or bringing what the Lord's saying and praying. We're just doing our part, which he did tell us lay hands on the sick, cast out devils, cleanse the leopards, raise the dead. Freely you receive, freely give. Amen, it ain't, oh, that's mine, I got it, and we'll keep it. No, freely you receive, freely give. Just like when he told me he's been doing deliverance more in the church, freely he received, now freely he gives. You'll begin to find that things you get healed from, that you're going to be extending a hand to help people get healed from what you got set, because you say, well, if he did it for me, he'll do it for you. Amen awesome. Wow. I'm telling you, it's kind of funny. I'm used to being right down there with y'all. They said they'd follow me if I get carried away. So sometimes I'm known to do that. Amen. But thank you for being here. You could have chose to be somewhere else, but you chose to be here. So thank you. And I believe, as I've said it to y'all many times, but for some of you who's new to me, I always say that when you come to meet with God, God meets with you. So we're going to have fun tonight because he come to meet with you. Amen. And just to tell you real quick about just the meeting we just left. I mean, if I was to cover, we'd be here just that'd be the whole sermon, just telling you the last few meetings. But this last meeting in Oklahoma we were in, uh, and it was a lot going on. And I don't even think I, it was one of those that they decided to have revival. They had booked two different times, but because of COVID, him in the hospital, another. The, the meeting got changed. So this third time, I think the pastor was embarrassed to cancel the meeting. I'm, I'm not trying to down anything, but it was like, it's almost like, well, I guess we better go ahead and do it because we said we want to have a revival meeting, so come on back. And And it was like some was there because they's told to be there. Some came out of curiosity, and then there was those who were hungry. But there was some who really was like, I'm just here. And even the pastor had to admit later, you know, I'm tired. I was really, I mean, he was fired up. When he got up, he could, he could make a, 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 a train engine start just by him hollering and carrying on. It was awesome. He had such enthusiasm, but he was doing it in neutral. You know, sometimes we can just do things from our soul. But you know what? In spite of us, go ahead and say, in spite of us, God moves anyway. And he began to move. It was very surprising. It really was. It's not something you're kind of expecting. But Sunday morning, Randy got up. And now for those of you who think, well, now, Joanna's the speaker, so I definitely want her to pray for me. And I want to pray for you. But you're going to miss something, too, if you don't get prayer from Randy. Because God uses him to see inside of bodies. And he uses him with the gift of knowledge. And he was an old Episcopalian boy. He wasn't raised in the tent revival of Pentecost and healings and miracle signs and wonders like I was. So for God to do the things he does in him, I'm even going. <laughs> just like I do with miracles, <laughs> you know. And so when uh, he just got up that Sunday morning and it was almost like just going through the routine, just pushing through it. Of course, the preach was in the house. I could feel the preach in the house, but it still was like, you know, we, we haven't really made a landing pad for Holy Spirit. See, what you want to do through worship and what you want to do through service is you want to make it to where the landing pad for Holy Spirit just to come in and just make it where he want to stay, not just land and take off. Anybody ever like to be in an airplane that you're just about hit the wheels on the ground and then they take off? I've had that happen once. It was not fun. There was a whole team of basketball players and their big old macho men who I never seen so scared and shaking in their boots. What's that? A test run? <laughs> I mean, I never but see when you know who you are with Christ Jesus, it don't scare you too much. They were scared. Me and the pastor that was in the plane were laughing, saying y'all are gonna be okay because we're on this plane. If we wasn't on this plane. You probably need to get scared, but we're gonna we're gonna make it, amen. And so we got to make it. So I don't like land and take off. I don't want Holy Spirit just land and take off. I want to make a place for Him to just stay, like in 2 Kings four, when eight through eleven, when the Shulamite Roman made room in the house for him, for the prophet, and. Every time he went by, he stopped at her house. But when she made room, in other words, the landing pad was there, it said when he found out he had a place to, to come, he stayed. So we want him to stay. Because everything we have need of is in him, not in us. So this Sunday morning, whoo! Randy gets up because I'm even thinking, Lord, what are we gonna do now? I say, everybody stand. We're gonna pray. We're praying in tongues. About that time, Randy come up, took the mic, and he said, "Shoulders, left shoulder for, sh- but for shoulders, whether it's left or right, and people who's having problems. About twelve people." Mostly left shoulder, but he said shoulders, both shoulders is okay, but left really is a problem with somebody. Or uh, I, He said, I think about three, I can maybe more. Twelve people came to the front. Shoulder after, even the pastor was one he couldn't do lift up. His shoulders had so much pain from the work in the past, and all of these people got healed from shoulders. One was a 15-year injury from a football player that he had. And you could even say this this arm just kind of limp like this. He wouldn't use it for nothing. You could tell. And he said, well, Randy, asked him, well, when did you hurt it? He said, uh, in football. How did you? Hurt, how long ago? 15 years ago. Ask him some questions. Well, I can tell you every night. I would even, he's shy. I'd say, well, why don't you come up and tell people what happened to you? He never told him 15. He just said, well, I was hurting. Now I can do this. <laughs> that was his testimony. <laughs> and he's, oh, and then the last time he testified, he said, I have been picking my kid up because I couldn't do that with this arm. Amen. Shoulder, shoulder, shoulder. I would say 10 out of the 12, if not all 12, was healed. Not counting some inner healing going on and some other things. Then Monday night came along and whoo, God kind of got the belt out and did some whipping you know I'm like oh I'm I, that's not characteristic of me to get the belt and start whipping but he he just had this belt and I'm like I'm sorry y'all I don't know why I'm saying all this but I have to keep saying it. oh wow I was even like ouch ouch you know kind of like when your mama whips you and you say I won't do it again <laughs> and you say thank I didn't even do it sometimes you get a whipping because some other people won't behave I told him I don't want your whipping. So I want you to behave, because if you don't behave, I get a whipping with you. My mom used to say, who broke this base? Not me, not me, not me, not me, not me. She said, well, I'll just whip all six of you. That way I get the right one. And I remember when she'd be with me, I said, I won't ever do it I can again. And I'm thinking, I didn't even do it. So I was trying to tell these people, I don't want your whipping. Amen. Well, then the Lord moved in some more inner healing. That now I'm trying to get to Tuesday. Was it Monday night? Or? No, Sunday. Sunday Monday night. That's right. That's when the man came. Okay, I knew that it was it was Sunday night. So Sunday morning, all these shoulders people healed. So Sunday night, they shuffled this man up. He 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 kept saying, "I got to get to church. I got to get to church, but I can't." He was dying. They had to help him bring him to church, they had to help him get up, they had to help, and he shuffled, I mean like, so they're telling me, they're bringing this man up to pray, and I'm thinking, okay, I could tell a whole sermon by the time he gets up to the, because he was all the way at the back, (laughs) I'm thinking, just get a wheelchair, and bring him on up here, but they had to walk him all the way up with the cane, or some little walker, and he shuffled his way up. I said, get me a chair. He don't need to be standing no more. His legs were huge. They said whatever, some kind of fluids, whatever he had, had dropped down into his legs, and they were all down in here, and they were three times, four times the size of his leg. And we begin to pray, and I'm just praying, running my hands up and down his legs. I grab the pastor's wife. She's running her house. I said, you get this side. I'll get this side. He kept saying, I feel heat. I said, I know, me too. And she, and then when she put her hands, he says, I feel heat still. I said, see, God's using you. We're both just praying and praying, and Randy's praying on his head and on his back and just at his chest, on his heart. Something with his heart was going on. We didn't know what. But Randy even kept saying the fluids in his heart and all of this. And pretty soon I said, "Well, how are you doing?" He said, "It's hot, it's hot," and and then he said, "Oh, I'm not hurting, I'm not hurting." I said, "Awesome!" And he's sitting in the chair, and I said, "You want to black the devil's eyes some more?" Yeah, I said, "Come on, let's get up." So I got the pastor to help me on one side and me on the other, and I said, "Let's walk." And he wasn't—he did a little bit. Walking and then he did a little bit walking, then he did a little bit later on. He's walking all over the church, came back there where we we're eating that night, and the swelling had gone down quite a bit. It was still there, somebody had gone down a bunch, just started going down again. It's like, what is going on? Because you could tell they're like, I made it, and God starts moving, and they're like, now they don't want to mess. By Tuesday night, that's the night the lady with the deaf ears, a friend told me Monday night, pray with me. I'm trying to get my friend here. She can't hear. And I said, well, take my hand. Let's just pray she comes tomorrow night. And so I took hands with her, pray. Well, she comes in the door, jumping up and down. I got her here. I got her here. Well, I didn't know who her friend was. I stepped toward the back, and there's a lady. I knew she was new in the meeting. I said, hi, glad to have you here. And she starts doing sign language at me. I said, well, hello, how are you? I know some sign language. So we're talking in sign language. Well, she decides, because I'm doing some songs and signs, to move from the back up to the front so she can watch me sign. So God took her from the back, and her friend's jumping up down more. She said, she's at the front of the church now. She's going to get it. She's going to get it. She's going to get it. And She did. At the end of preaching I said I want to pray for you first and had him put a chair there. Born deaf church. She was born deaf. You know if you listen to what the devil says, well that's impossible. Curing the incurable is impossible. Born deaf is in impo- They have technology they try to put in devices to help with some hearing. They had even tried to put in some device and it wasn't working. And she was mad. She, you, know, Man, all that money in the world. Dead, 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 dead. And she's trying to tell me, so I sign and so we sign. I pray. I pray again. I pray I'm talking in her ear first to make sure she hears nothing i'm 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 talking in the other ear she hears nothing. I'm saying, can you hear anything I'm saying? do you know Jesus loves you? I don't remember what all but i, I each year I'm saying things and she just and but as soon as I'd come back face to face at her, she could read my lips and she could answer me but if I went to her ear, she heard nothing at all pretty soon after several praying praying. You know, it's one of those things after a while, you say, okay, well, let's just move on. Nothing's happening. But something in me said, no, pray again. Something in him said, let's pray again. There was a determination that said, devil, you've done this for years. You've done it since she was born. And tonight, God's going to do the opposite. And all of a sudden, i just leaning down in there and said, Jesus loves you. She said, oh, you said, you're dying of me in my air. That's what she said. And then I went to the other ear and said, Praise the Lord. She, ah, praise the Lord. And everything we said, she would repeat. I went over from being right here by her and with something like going to the back of the church, and I would say something, and she would repeat it where she couldn't read my lips. Everything was my our our where her back was to us. He would say something. She would repeat it. Then her friend went up and whispered some stuff in her ear, and she repeated it. Woo! (laughs) What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty... I'm telling you. I'm sitting there, me and my husband, and then this boy who had been deaf in one year, he was born that way, and tell you more about it, and then a third one. All three of them got their ears open. That church went wild. I'm not kidding you. They were running. I said, well, I guess y'all feel like having church now, don't you? Yeah. I want to be in church. This is what we've been longing for. This is what we've been wanting. This is what we want to see. I said, well, all you got to do is invite Holy Spirit and let him move, and you're going to see a whole lot more. That church is going to be seeing more miracles. This church is a church of miracles. This house is a house. That church is now a house of miracles. And, and God's going to use them even more so, and those pastors. But this church has already been set as a house of miracles. It has nothing to do with Joanne and Randy Herndon. It has to do with a pastor's heart, that your pastors want the move of God. So the glory shows up. So miracles show up. So salvation shows up. Deliverance. Woo! Woo! Your heart's desire. Wow. Anyway, I just wanted to tell you a little bit. This is just some of what me and Randy, we went back to our room that night, still in a fog, in a daze. I mean, you know, maybe in front of the people you don't go. I wanted to tell them, I'm just as surprised as y'all are. Remember the night some of you were here the night the blood-sucking demon? That woman come running up. She, when I told the story of the blood sucking, that's what's wrong with me. I got a blood sucking demon. She got healed. She was dying. So if you're here tonight and you need a miracle, you need healing, you need deliverance, you need joy back, you need freedom. It's on the menu in this house. Amen. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark 6. This will be a combination, unless he changes things, of, of flowing in, uh, uh, going through to get to and overflow. Just this whole chapter has a whole lot within it of what a move of God is doing. I, I, I just love this. This is where he fed the 5,000. Remember that? It was really 25000 because they had wife and kids. And back then, they didn't have just two kids. Yeah, some of them had 12, 10, 20-something. All you got to do is look at when it started with Abraham had one, Jacob had two, and Isaac had 12. Hallelujah. In verse 30, we're going to go to Mark 6, starting in verse 30. And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while, and there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. I want to stay here in this first part because we may cover some more later throughout these meetings, and we may not. I really don't know what Holy Spirit's up to. But I was looking at this, and I'm thinking, here's the apostles gathering together to Jesus. Now, they are talking to him because he sent them out, and now they've come back together. And he said, this time when you go, one time he sent him and said, don't, you you know, take anything with you. The next time, take a coat. You get somewhere, if they don't receive you, shake the dust off, but keep on going. He gives them instructions. But here they are, they've gotten back together. They're with Jesus, and they're beginning to talk about the meetings, kind of like I was doing. So I guess what I just told you kind of ties in, didn't realize it till just now. They're excited. It's like I can see Peter saying, let me tell you, not only was three deaf ears open when Joanne and Randy, I was preaching this happened, and oh, we went over. And, and so they're so excited. I'm, I'm sure one is running over top of the other. One's telling, guess what happened here? And another one's saying, well, I had this happen. It kind of reminded me when I was in Columbia, Columbia, South America. And there was a boy they brought up on the stage, and he had the shakes. He was shaking all over, and he had these shakes. And, And so I asked the father, I said, uh, through my interpreter, I said, "Why is he shaking like this? Can can he walk?" He said, "No. Everything he does, he can't feed himself. He can't walk. He can't do talk. He can't do anything because these shakes have taken over. It's kind of like some people who have, well, it's worse than that. But what you would call uh, Parkinson." You know, sometimes Parkinson might just get a hand, but then some people it gets two hands or it gets the whole body. They don't take the medicine, then they they shake their whole body shakes. They shake the bed. They shake the house. People drive by the house going, oh, it must be somebody in there shaking. (laughs) Come on. And so he was shaking really bad. And I went over and I laid hands on this little boy. I said, God, I want to see a miracle in this little boy right now. And as I laid hands and prayed for that little boy, I told the daddy, I said, I took him then from the daddy. I didn't ask the daddy because I, I, I had to wait on the interpreter. I just felt like God was doing something. So I grabbed the little boy and I took him. And he, ah, ah, I mean, at least he could cry and he could talk. And I walked to the other end of the stage and then I just just sitting down and he ran to his dad. The whole place went wild because they could tell by him saying he can't walk, he can't eat, he can't. I was so good, I just had to go back and do it again. I went back and he'd stopped crying. I grabbed him from the dad, walked over, why, why? And I'm thinking, it's okay, it's okay. And I set him down and he ran back to his daddy again. I'm thinking, this is what the disciples, they're telling Jesus, do you know what happened when I was here? And the other one said, well, do you know what I was happening when I was over here? I was in Peoria, Illinois, me and Randy, and there was a lady who sit down in a chair, and we'd been praying for people, and sometimes if people tell us they have bad backs or hips, and some sometimes we don't, sometimes we just run our hand on their back. But sometimes we sit them in a chair, and we just hold the legs there and let the Holy Spirit be the chiropractor and do the adjusting. And we watch the legs go, you know. Some of them just grow out, and some of them kind of move back and forth. So this had happened to quite a few people there in Peoria, Illinois, but then this one lady comes up and she says, Can I, will you pray for my hips and, and my back? And of course I just start running my hand down her back and, and her hips. And she says, Well, can I sit in the chair and see if my leg will grow? And I said, Sure. She sit down and took her boot off, y'all. I'm not kidding you. This wasn't just a little bit. It was a lot. I'm like, uh. My thought, my first thought, the human Joanna says, oh, everybody point this way, we all got to pray. I'm thinking, well, I got to pray really hard this time. Come on. I'm just being honest with you. I'm looking at this thinking, well, these others, you know. I'm telling you, if somebody's got a headache and they're in pain, that's a lot. If somebody's got a toothache. If somebody's got a boo-boo on their finger, even little kids that come in, a boo-boo, and mama's kissing it, it's important to that person. But sometimes you think, well, this one's bigger than that one. And sometimes we get hung up on what's bigger. It's all big to God because it's all big to you, and and it's important. And God wants to see you healed and set free. But I'm like, ooh we gotta really pray this time and so I told everybody power your hands this way I'm about ready I held up the legs I'm seeing this real short it's like this and, and I'm about ready to pray and it starts growing and growing and I'm thinking wait a minute God I hadn't even prayed yet and it keeps growing and, he, and I'm like see we think sometimes we gotta be the one involved all we gotta do is let him do his job he grew it out without a prayer He just started doing it because he knew. And me, I'm thinking, I am having some doubts. And God went ahead in spite of my doubts and healed that woman, brought that thing. So I'm thinking this is how I'm trying to say these things because to me, this is what the disciples are doing. They're over top. well, let me tell you what happened to me over here. I, I'm in this revival and and blind eyes are being opened and deaf ears are being opened and the lame walk and people are coming out of wheelchairs and, and people are healed of lupus and arthritis and sugar diabetes. And you're like, woo! and it's all exciting. And you know what Jesus says? He's excited for them. He knows that he's been busy. He knows they've been busy. And sometimes as ministers, we can just keep going and going because the power of God is so good and the fun of God is so good that we just keep going and going. And you know what Jesus said? Why don't we get away and take a break? That part sounds good, especially if you've been going a lot. Of course, I don't don't like to slow down. My husband's kind of like, it's time for a break. I'm like, oh, keep booking, Lord. Keep it going. And he's like, we need a break. We need a break. Yeah, (laughs) but I'm thinking, here's the disciples. They're like, we're going to get away, and we're going to get to be with Jesus all to ourselves, all 12 of us. And he said, let's get away to a desert place. Now, I love Jesus, but a desert place, I've been there. I've been in the valley. I've been in the hard times. I've been in the storm. And I've been in the desert place, and I've been in the wilderness. And that's not something I volunteer for. And even though Jesus says, I'm going with you, I'm like, I know you go with me everywhere, but can we skip this one? Can we just stay right here, you know, up on the mountaintop with the glory? Let's just keep talking about the stories and the revival and the healing and the miracles and the signs and the wonders. Let's just stay right here. And he says, let's get away and go to a desert place. Sometimes, people, there are things that we have to go through to get to. When Jesus was baptized and the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove, he was driven to the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. No food, no water, no provision. But there was something he had to go through to get to. But sometimes we don't like these places. We don't like the valley. We don't like the desert or the wilderness. Lord, don't take me there. But your God, Jesus, use me. And, oh, Lord, don't refuse me. For surely there's no work that I can do. And even though it's humble, Lord, help my will to crumble. Not in the desert place, though, okay? Not in the wilderness. No, don't make it crumble like that. And though the cost be great, I'll work for you. Sometimes where he wants us to go, we got to go through to get to that. Jesus went to the wilderness to go to get to The children of Israel had to go through the wilderness to get to the promised land. Moses had to go to the backside of the desert when he was running for his life while killing the Egyptian only to come to the burning bush and said, Now I've taken you through to get to. It's time to go tell Pharaoh, Let my people go. We got to go through to get two. I'll never forget 15 years old. First, got my beginner's license. Exciting. I'm going to be a driver now, and Mama's going to take us to Florida on a trip. I'm excited. She said, you're going to drive. Yeah. And I was no problem. I mean, because she'd tell me, ah, oh, don't do that. Ah, oh, you missed. Don't stop. Okay. You know, sometimes she'd scare me more than the cars and the traffic with her screaming and hollering, look out over there! You know, and if you're a new driver, you look when you shouldn't because wherever you look, your car goes. Anyway, that's a different story. So we're driving and driving. I think it's somewhere in Mississippi we got it. My, And there's this huge, huge, gigantic, tall bridge. I mean, I'm looking at it from a distance. You can see it far off the biggest bridge I've ever seen. Now, they make some pretty big bridges today, and especially in some of these cities where they're trying to make more traffic. They got real tall bridges and medium size. And, and, and Austin, I think they're even getting. But Dallas, we've got some huge ones. I mean, they've got, but not like this. This thing was like 10 times, maybe 20 times higher. And I'm seeing it from a distance. And I said, you think we're going to cross that bridge, Mom? She said, yeah, I think so. So I don't know if I can do that. I just got my license. I don't know if I can I can drive that car across that bridge. She said, you don't think you can? I said, no, I don't think so, Mom. It just looks scary from here. And it did. It looked very scary and very intimidating. And she said, well, that's okay, honey. I can do it. When I knew my mother was afraid of heights. And I'm like, you can drive that? She said, yeah, I can do that. I said, but you're scared of heights. How can you do that? You don't even like when we're on the, the high floors in a hotel room and we say, hey, Mom, come look. That's nice. No, Mom. And then when you go, oh, and you get all, or when the elevator goes up to the 16th floor and you're just frozen against the wall and you're going to tell me you can climb that bridge? I said, yeah. And I said, well, if you can do it, I know I can. Because I'm not scared like you are, but I am scared of that bridge. And the closer we got, the more it was. And pretty soon, I'm going up this bridge. I didn't look to see the water on the right or the left. I didn't even look to see what the cars beside me were doing. All I kept saying is, just let me get to the other side. Jesus, just let me get to the other side. And I'm just looking at the road in front of me, frozen, my hands knuckled tight, holding on to that steering wheel, praying. I mean, me and Jesus became friends, buddies, and pals. I got closer to him than I've been in a long time and I mean I'm like you're going to help me right Lord you're going to help me and I get down and we get down and get on the other side I said I made it mama I was able to do it she said you did great and I said oh I said well I was I didn't want you to have to drive she said I'm glad you didn't because I was scared to death the whole time you did it but if we had not across that bridge we would have never made it to Florida There's some things you got to go through to get to. You may not like what you have to go through. You may not like what's in front of you. You may not like what's fixing to happen. You may not like even when you're in the middle of it, white knuckles and all, storm and all. I don't like this. I don't want to go through this. I don't want to have this. But you keep holding on to Jesus. You keep crying out to him. And he'll help you get to the other side. And then you say, Lord, I don't understand. He said, well, you and I got a little closer, didn't we? Sometimes we got to go through to get to church. And he knew. He said, I know we need to get away. The desert place is a good place for us to get away. It's, It's a good place to talk. I can see when Philip was in the desert place. He's in the middle of the revival. Man, hot dog, they got it. They're, they're running all over the place. They're spinning like tops. They got helicopter hands and rolling in the floor and shouting. Woo, people are getting healed, delivered, and set free. Hot dog, the church has got it. God says, Des- Philip? Yeah? Need you go to desert place. In the middle of a revival? You want me to go to a desert place? Yeah, Philip, go on. Why don't you get on out here? Now, I don't know about you. I'd be like, I'm staying here in the revival. Even though we say, I'll obey you, Lord. Sometimes we just like what we like. But he went ahead and obeyed. I could see him out there. Got his cell phone. Hello, God. Yes, Philip. Are you sure this is where you want me? He said, because, you know, remember where I was. This was great. This is desert. All that's out here is desert and wilderness and sand. He said, okay, Philip, what's in the north of you? Desert, sand, wilderness. What's in the south of you? Desert, wilderness, sand. What's to the east of you? I don't know if I'm in the right direction, guys, okay? Desert, wilderness, sand. What's to the west of you? Desert, wilderness, sand. Yep, Philip, you're in the right place. Why would you do this to me, God? I thought I was your servant. You love me. And and uh, and everything's happening for these people. And people are getting set free. And it's fun. I don't understand why you have me here. What's going on? He said, there's a man coming. Ethiopian. You're going to talk to him. He's going to be curious about the word and you're going to speak to this man in the desert place. Because what he's reading, he don't totally understand. But when you step up from the revival you've been in the middle of, and you begin to explain to him in his chariot what this is all about, he's going to get in the water and get baptized, and then I'll take you to wherever you want to go. Amen. And guess what happened in Ethiopia? That man takes back revival. Here's a revival carrier who's in the middle of revival, taken to a desert to help someone else become a revival carrier to take it to a nation. Sometimes some of you will not let God take you where you need to go so you can get to to go through. I don't want to go there you kick and scream and cry and carry on and even rebel and God's saying I gotta get you there so something else can happen that's gonna stir the hearts of people salvation deliverance freedom and you gotta go like it or not sometimes I get in some places and I say Lord why'd you send me here dead. did you get get him out of a graveyard and put clothes on him so that he have a personality. <laughs> what are we going to do here, Lord? He said, you're going to preach what I give you to preach. He said, remember what I told Ezekiel? Will these bones live? I don't know. God will prophesy. Whatever you preach, I give you to preach. These bones will live. All it takes is one little spark to hit that dead wood. And that spark will get going. And a fire will get to burning. They need something to resurrection life. They need to get a hold of the truth and the revival you're carrying. So get in there, Sparky, and hit it with some sparks. And Sure enough, it'll happen. The dead rises. (laughs) Woo! Death don't stop God. He says, Lazarus, come forth. He gets in these dead churches and resurrection life and healing and miracles. And people are like, I didn't know this is what it was all about. I'll be back, pastor. I watched God move on hearts and lives. It's not us. It's him. There's places sometimes I'm like, Philip, what am I doing here? Well, just get ready because this Ethiopian is coming along and things are going to change. We're going to a desert place. But when people get hungry, huh? let me tell you, I don't know which hungry you are. I even thought about preaching that tonight. Are you the Mary hungry or are you the Martha hungry? See, Mary sit at his feet and Martha had to make sure everything got done first. Nothing wrong with what Martha done. There was a great anointing on Martha, and we need Martha's in the church, but we also need Martha to be able to stop and take that time with God when God is saying, this is a time to sit at his feet because we can always get to these other things later. I won't always be with you. You know, he, he doesn't have to show up at church. Even though we're two or three together in his name, he said he'd be in the midst. I tell people, you enjoy that presence when he shows up. He don't have to be here. So when he shows up, it's like, whoo, grab a hold of him, don't let go. <laughs> it's kind of like when the kids would leave for work, and Daddy's trying to get out the door, and he's got him on his leg, and he's dragging him. No, Daddy, I want to go. Don't go, Daddy. We you grab a hold of Holy Spirit, no, don't go. We got to have everything you got. We want to be with you. We want it. Amen. And then that's when you begin because once Holy Spirit starts moving, things start changing. There's nine gifts in Holy Spirit. And those nine gifts start operating in knowledge and wisdom and discernment and tongues and interpretation and healing and faith and miracles, prophecy. Lives get changed. People hot dog get it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So sometimes when you're thinking, I don't think I like going to the valley. Some of you have been through some storms right now, and you're not too happy about it. But I'm here to tell you when God gets you through get you through it, you're going to be a water walker. Peter said, is that you out there, Jesus? He said, yeah. He said, bid me come to you. This ain't no little ways like you see in the little Sunday school book where they're walking on water. These are those waves like you see on TV when hurricanes are coming in. Where they're up over your head and up over the buildings. This is the water that Jesus is walking on. If you go study history, this was no little bitty storm that had hit there. And Jesus is walking toward them. And they're scared not only of the storm, now there's a ghost. Not only do we got a storm, but now there's a ghost. Some of you in the middle of a storm don't need a ghost showing up right now. And Peter says, is that you, Jesus? Because he said, be of good cheer. What? Be of good cheer. Ha, ha, ha. Go ahead and say, ha, ha, ha. Go ahead. Ha, 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 ha. Some of you need to start laughing at some of this stuffs going on around you. ha. Ha, 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 ha. ha, ha. Yeah. Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Devil wants you so scared. Ha ah, ha waves. This wave might get us. Ooh, we're going to drown. Ha ha ha. He said, bid me come to you. And he began to walk on water. Can you imagine? That's better than those surfboard guys out there on those big waves. Uh, Peter's walking on top with nothing, no board, no nothing, bare feet, heading toward Jesus. Maybe he had his sandals on. I don't know what he had on, but he's heading on that. God says, when I get through with you, when you go through to get to, you're going to be a water walker. No matter what your storm is, no matter what your situation, I can't take it no more. I don't know what else is going to happen. Get on out here on the water with me with your storm, and I'll show you what it's like. The bills are stuck to here. The marriage is falling apart. We don't have enough money for the groceries. We're not going to seem to make it. The news says, the people say, I don't know what's going to happen. We're not going to have food getting in here. The cupboards will be bare. Oh, really? I think I'll just go walk on water. you got to know who you are in Christ Jesus. What will get you in trouble is when you get your eyes off of him. Because when Peter, I'm sure, saw those 50-foot waves, I don't know how big they were, but I know they were huge. Could have been 30-foot waves. I don't know. But I'm sure finally when he looked at one and then he looked down, because a wave goes like that, and then almost sometimes it comes back down. It looks like you can almost see the sand and the dirt of the beach, and then here it comes back. And he, whoa, and when he looked down, Lord, save me. Jesus will even reach right down in that storm, and he'll pull you up and take you to the boat. Whew. You want to go for a boat ride? What kind of motor you like on your boat? Want a paddle boat? Would you like one of them two 220 horsepower ones? Jesus said, I'll put you back in the boat. We can go for a boat ride. Jesus is in your boat. You can sleep through your storm. He said, I want to take you through to get to. I could feel it in the room tonight. Even though you come with the expectation of your miracle and hunger, The storm, the situations, everything seems to be surrounding you. And it's like, God, what's going to happen? It hadn't even happened yet, and you're already contemplating what it could be. When you should say, look up, help's on the way. Look up, my redemption draweth nigh. Look up. I'm going through. <laughs> Don't matter how bad it is. I'm going through. And God wants you to know that's why he changed. I said, honey, I go get in the car. You saw me coming in. I was dragging his back. He's changing my message. <laughs> he said some people are going through some stuff. want to end with this. We'll, we'll get to more of this to, tomorrow night, how they couldn't even eat. Some people are worried about they're not even going to be able to eat down the road. Well, let me tell you, I know the one who knows how to make five loaves. Two fishes feed thousands. Amen. But I'll never forget I was in New York City. Anybody ever traveled through New York City? You yeah. have. They have a bridge called the Holland Bridge. Isn't that the name of that bridge? Tunnel. Goes forever. And ever. Now, usually most of the time he's my driver and he's there. But this particular year he was home taking care of his dad. His dad was dying. And I'm driving in New York. And I hit in that tunnel. Now I you know the devil's gonna play with your mind. This is the worst weapon you have. Go ahead and say, Oh, let this mind be in me that's in Christ Jesus. Say it again. Oh, let this mind be in me that is in Christ Jesus. I'm in this tunnel, and the tiles are kind of falling off in places. You can see little water drips here and there, and the traffic is bumper to bumper. I mean, you don't move. It's kind of like that guy that walked up there. You crawl in New York. You don't move fast, I think, three miles an hour if you're lucky. Maybe sometimes speeding at five or six, you get a little more on you and you can't go left and you can't go right and you can't go forward and you can't go backwards you're just stuck like sardines inside this bridge with everybody else and there's no way you don't even whip in and out lanes there at all it goes i think down into two lanes or three even if it's three it is like an 18 wheelers all around you and everything's moving slow and i start thinking about that movie where the water came through the tunnel and it went through those tiles and that water was just a little bit of leak that turned into a bigger leak and it began to flood inside that tunnel and I thought they need to get out of my way anxiety started hitting me if this thing starts bursting open maybe that's right there maybe somebody's gonna put their finger right there where that little dripping water is because that could be where it's fixing to just burst open, and I'm not getting out to be here to put my finger. Just get these cars out of my way, and I'm like, God, get me out of this tunnel, God. I don't know what's going to happen, and I'm thinking about that movie where people start drowning and cars start flipping over, and there's nowhere to go. And I'm moving slow, and I said, God, and I'm praying now because I and God saying, you've already built something up and hadn't even happened. I know, but what if it could? I've seen it on the movie. See, that's what we do. I heard it on the news. What if it does because they're saying this? My neighbor told me, and I'm thinking it could happen. That's what's wrong with us sometimes. Coulda, shoulda, woulda, doesn't even happen. Finally, the Lord said, he said, keep looking ahead. I said, well, he said, keep looking ahead. And it kept moving very slow and keep looking. Finally, at the end of this very dark tunnel, they have lights in there, but it's still dark. And everything seems like it's closing in. And I'm not claustrophobic. But for some reason, even that began to start oh, oh, anxiety and everything. And I don't even do those kind of things. And I'm like, we got to get out of here. We got to get out. This is how the devil works. And God said, just keep looking, keep looking, keep looking ahead, keep looking ahead, look up over the cars and look ahead. And as I did at the very end of the tunnel, I saw this little bitty light. The more we kept going forward, the bigger the light got. And the more I got my mind off of the movies of what could happen and the floods and on the light. And the more I had my mind on the light, the brighter it got. And the closer to the light I got, next thing you know, I was on the other side of the tunnel, out in the bright sunshine. And God said, tell the people. He said, this is what my people go through sometimes. That's why I didn't just jump in there at first with you. I let you go through some so you could tell them they got to go through to get to. But if they will look up and look to the light, I'm going to see them through. You're going to get to the other side. Wow. Stand with me, please. (laughs) I'm going through. Yes, I'm going through. I'll pay the price, whatever others do. I'll make a way where the Lord's chosen few. I'm going through. Jesus. I'm going through oh I'm going through yes I'm going through I'll pay the price Whatever others do, I'll make a toe as the Lord's chosen few, few, few. I'm going through Jesus. I'm going through. Sometimes. Yes, please play. That's awesome. I thought I heard a keyboard. Oh, maybe that was an angel. Where's my keyboard player? There you go. I heard you. I don't know if y'all heard it before a minute. It was like, did you hear it too? Was that back there in the sound? Wow. I know. I just heard it, and I thought, oh, thank you. Yes, do it. And then uh, nobody's there. (laughs) This place does things like that. Thank you, Lord, that you do. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes we don't understand the sickness and pain and suffering we go through. He told the one, he said he was blind since birth. And he said, who was cursed in this family or what happened or what did somebody do? And Jesus said, nobody did anything. This boy was born blind for this very day and this very hour. Sometimes what you're going through that the devil meant for bad and evil, God's going to turn it for good. And it's just for this very day and this very hour just to be a breaking in the atmosphere, just to black the devil's eyes, just to be a breaking in the city. Sometimes your sickness becomes your victory that God's going to use for revival that's what happened with that boy God used him for that day I don't know that I want to wait 38 long years like the man at the pool of Bethesda it wasn't 38 days 38 hours 38 months but it was 38 long years but that day Jesus showed up I don't know about the woman being over for 18 long years. But Jesus showed up. And he said, daughter of Abraham. She was a Christian. She was a woman. He called her daughter of Abraham. That means she was a church member. She was God's family. And he said, Satan, you loose her and let her go. Some of us have to get junkyard dog mean. Like the woman with the issue of blood that says, I'm not taking this no more. Twelve long years, I'm going to push through till I touch the hem of his garment. Because I know what his word says. And I know what he says he will do. And I know that he's done it before. He'll do it again. And I know that if I can just begin to say, I'm not taking this, not because I'm a whiny baby, but I'm going through to get to because there's something God wants me to do. And I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. Yeah, but it scared her because she knew she could have got beat to death. But what other option did she have? Enough is enough is enough. I believe God changed the message tonight to tell you I know what you're going through. I know what you're suffering. I know what you're feeling. I know your pain. I know your worries and your fear and your anxiety and your stress. I know what you're thinking about, but I've come to let you know you're going through. And I'm going to use what you're going through. I'm going to take you through this to the other side so that you can see what I'm fixing to do, what the devil thought he destroyed. I'm fixing to use you for the kingdom and glory of God. To know that's worth it all. To know that I'm going to be doing things and watching others be set free and healed and delivered and saved. It's worth it all. Even though sometimes I think it's all about me. But once he sets me free. He says now freely you receive freely give." So we're going to open this front up for healing. Maybe it's your finances you need prayer for. Maybe it's a job or a raise on a job. I know Christmas is coming and they're saying some of the ships aren't going to get in. Don't worry, I got a whole table full of goodies you can buy for Christmas presents. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but we're going to first give you an opportunity here with Pastor to sew and then we're going to open this up because the Pool of Bethesda, the waters are being stirred. So oh, yeah, you got to stop and make sure you got money. Let me tell you, if y'all didn't give one red cent, I'd still come and I'd still pray for you. I'd still do whatever God wants because it's not about that. It's what God wants. I've been to places that they did good to rub two nickels together, and that was okay with me. Because when I would see people's deaf ears open, when I see blind eyes open, when I see God move, when I see souls get saved, there ain't no price for any of that. No price. And I want to pray for you. And I want to pray with you. Me and my husband. and God to use him. We're going to open this for it. But I'm going to turn it to the pastor. If that's all right with you to do that right now. Okay. And then we're going to pray for you. If you need to sit down here in the front. So as soon as after the sowing and giving. Just come on up and find a place. Just come on up and get in the river. Now remember in John 5 it said. First one in. So don't run and hurt each other to be the first one in because when Jesus died rose again, sat at the right hand of the Father, he troubled the water that everybody could get in now. Whether you're first or last,n't that awesome. Thank you
0: for listening to this week's message to stay connected, follow us on Instagram or Facebook Or visit www.equippingchurch.us.